Boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Conspiracy Castle. I am your conspiracy asshole, Primetime 99 Alex Stein, guys. And we have the very special pleasure of having the one, the only, Clint Russell. You know him from the Liberty Lockdown podcast. But let me just tell you something. This guy is a leader in the liberty movement. And like I always say, I consider myself a libertarian. I'm, you know, I mean, I do like some sort of government stuff, I guess. So I'm not a full libertarian, but I could be. I'm more libertarian than I am a uh, government junkie. But I want to say, Clint. It's an honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here today. <clears throat> Thank you for having me, Alex. I, I think that you are a leader in the fight as well, whether you like it or not. Uh, trolling, trolling the lunatics on the left is a very, very valuable role to serve. So I appreciate your efforts. Well, where does libertarianism fit on the on the spectrum of aisling? I mean, there's no aisle because it's not really in the middle. I mean, would you? I mean, is it populist? Like, how would you even describe uh, the libertarian like viewpoints? I guess. I, I mean, we we would be classified as right now because I feel like the, the spectrum has shifted so far left that it's just out of, out of this world. Uh, but for the most part, historically throughout my, you know, my younger years, uh, we, we had as many similarities and adamant disagreements with the left as we did the right. Uh, but now the right has become much better, much better on, you know, not worrying about the drug war, not worrying about the, we're on terror as much, uh, much more concerned about the quote unquote deep state, the FBI, the CIA. So I think that the right is getting closer to us. The left, on the other hand, is sprinting away from us. So, uh, yeah. yeah and, and this is the thing. It's like, listen, I, I am pretty liberal. Like, I don't care if two gay guys get married. And I was just at this trans rally you were thinking before. Listen, I honestly, if a person's over 18 and they're old, I don't care if they transition their sex, really. But I don't Same. think it's. I don't think it's okay for uh, a little kid to do that when they haven't had puberty. You, you don't even know when you're a little kid. I used to wear a T-shirt and run around like I was Peter Pan. I wasn't Peter Pan. You know what I mean? I wasn't going to, you know, I mean, I thought I was Peter Pan. I used to wear the hat. I used to tell, run in the room, Mom, I'm Peter Pan. She'd say, shut up. Stop saying you're Peter Pan. <laughs> this day and age, they would say, oh, you're Peter. Here, we'll give you, change your birth certificate. We're going to change your name to Peter, and we'll cut off your wiener if that if you're and, a girl. And they would, they would surgically implant a feather to your to your head, too. I, right. I agree, man. I, I think it's I think it's pretty it's pretty dangerous to have, uh, you know, children who are still developing. Uh, I don't, I don't even mind if like the kid wants to dress however, however they want, that's yeah. totally fine. But when you start to go the, the surgical route, I think it's very dangerous. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not the parent, so I'm not going to pretend to like know what's right for, for everyone's children. I'm sure there are some situations where it does make sense, but I think largely it's just a very dangerous precedent to have set where you're, you're giving, um, hormone therapy to children it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me no and then they say oh it's reversible but there's that's not true i mean when you give a kid not really no it's not i mean their 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 maturation level happens at a certain time so if you stunt that it doesn't necessarily re-kick you know restart in in a couple years like you actually you know i don't want to use the word but they retard the growth you slow the growth of your uh puberty you don't get to fully become a woman or a man and like i said until your balls drop i'm not a man i wasn't even a warning you know what i mean so like i mean i didn't even want want sex so like you shouldn't even cut off your penis before you even know which girls you want to sleep with or boys you know what i mean i think that's i think that's a fair line to draw until you know what you actually want to sleep with you probably should keep the equipment to be able to do it 
Perfect. Okay, that's that's that'll be my new uh, go-to description. Okay, so tell me. So this weekend, uh, everybody's talking about the CPAC. Everybody's talking about AFPAC. Well, but you were at the Liberty Pack, or I guess what's it called? The, the Liberty. Uh, what what was uh, it? Florida Libertarian Convention. Yeah. Florida Libertarian Convention, and it's awesome. Dave Smith was there. Reed Coverdale. All the Libertarian group. Uh, all the guys are there. And I saw you were speaking. And I and I want to I want to say, hey, listen, you know, um, Dave Smith's a comedian, this and that, but. Uh, I think you're just as funny as Dave Smith from what I saw from the clip. I mean, I know he's really hey. funny. I mean, he's really funny. But I'm talking when it comes to libertarian stuff, you know, he's not that's, he's not a comedian then. You know, he's kind of like more of a politician. Oh, no, for sure. He's yeah. he's a very serious uh, orator when it when it comes he's to good. the liberty shit. So, yeah, he's great, man. And and uh, I've modeled myself, you know, largely off of Ron Paul. And then Dave Smith kind of showed me that that there was a, a marketplace for these ideas. And I was like, Oh man, well, I, I never believed that. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring. Cause the libertarian party just was dog shit over the past two years. I'm sorry. Can I cuss? Yeah. I don't you wanna... say shit. We don't care. Say okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I, uh, I just wanted to, to try and course correct. Cause we need people that are going to oppose lockdowns, support, uh, oppose forced medical intervention, things of that nature. And, and Dave was doing a great job of it. So was Tom Woods. There was a handful of other great libertarians that are podcasters that were, were talking about this stuff, but the libertarian party itself was awful on it. So that's why I got involved. And I've been fortunate enough that tons of my heroes have now embraced me in a way that has allowed me to, to reach a lot of, a lot of ears. So it's very, very exciting time to be alive. And you're just and getting scary. started. You're just getting started, Clint. That's what people don't realize. It's like, you know, you're new. I mean, you're not new, but you're, you're not. You know what I mean? You're I'm pretty just, new. It's what I'm saying. You're new. I don't want to say call you like a green, but I'm saying you're, you know, you're, you're fresh on the scene, I guess I'd say. We all are. Okay, but this is another thing. I'm not going to just kiss Dave Smith's ass all day, but I, uh, I always you steal this quote that he says, but it's not his quote. He always says, you know, Benito Mussolini defined fascism as the merger of corporation and state, which is true. I mean, that is really what we're going. Our world, we're being run by multinational corporations like Apple, uh, uh, Tesla, whatever, GM. These are the people that actually make the decisions in the legislature. You and I, we don't have the money to, to donate to political action committees to get anything done. So Correct. We, whether people want to call it capitalism. Dude, it is fascism, especially a vaccine that's free. We can't really say much about that, even though it's safe and effective and the best thing ever. Um, I'm saying, you know, that, I mean, how is that not fascism? Pfizer gets to make all this money. And this is another thing these people are too stupid to see. Well, this is a global medicine. It's going to sell all over the world. So it's going to bring all the money back to America. And so these politicians are like, oh, we love it. And that is the problem with society. These politicians are thinking money, dollars, and cents and how to fill up their political action committees so they can uh, run their campaign instead of the people. So we are in a fascist state right now. Well, I, I actually think it's you're, you're correct, but it's even worse than that, man, because fascism historically had a nationalist bent where it would just be about a singular nation. This is global fascism. So it's communo fascism it's it's communism with fascism it's a it's a hybrid of the two worst governmental systems in the history of the world <laughs> so, dude wait glenn you, i almost got the chills i didn't realize this is fascism but it's global fascism it's like the globalization of the world you know um but it's the mix with the the fascist mentality of these these companies that all put a black square when it's you know February for Black History Month or put a gay <laughs> flag when it's Gay Month. I mean that's just and, the, and then they fund the police unions right after that. I mean none none of these people actually believe any of the the shit that they're trying to to sell you with. But it, it's the the connection between government and business has never been more obvious, and it's on a global level. That's the the main thing I want people to understand is like. This is these are supernatural uh, national organizations. This is not about, you know, single single companies in America. These are the World Economic Forum, the whole the whole nine. I mean, this is conspiracy castle. So you we know exactly about the World Economic Forum. And you see, they just took Putin off the. OK, let's let's get Swift. Into, uh, uh, let's just talk about this real quick. I do want to talk <clears> about the libertarian. But what is your opinion? What's going on in Ukraine? Because what I this is this is my this is just my theory, because people have been asking me, it's like. If the mainstream media is against Putin, that makes me a red flag because I don't trust the mainstream media. But at the same time, Putin will kill journalists in Russia that speak against him. So it's not like I'm not saying, you know, Putin is not some little Boy Scout good guy. No. So it's like trust no one. So what do you think is going on in Ukraine? Well, I think that it, uh, as with any hot conflict, it takes a lot of bad actions by a lot of bad actors to get us there. So when I when I try and bring up the history of NATO 
moving in on the border of Russia, people think that I'm, I'm justifying Russia's actions. I still think that there are innocent people that are dying in Ukraine, and it's completely tragic. There are also uh, relatively innocent or pawns that are dying on, in the Russian military that I'm sure have no interest in going into Ukraine, but they're, quote unquote, following orders. So I feel bad for everybody involved except for the leadership that got us here. Uh, and I think that the U.S. government plays a huge role in that. The the fact that we constantly ignored Vladimir Putin's warnings about if you come, if you bring NATO closer and closer to my border, eventually I'm going to have to draw a line. And And he said it about 15 years ago. He started saying this, that Ukraine is his red line. Like we cannot have them be a part of NATO. And we just we would never take it off the table. All we had to do was say, OK, we're, we will never put Ukraine in NATO. And we and we refused flatly to do that. And I, I think that ultimately the people in power in in the U.S. controlled once again by Halliburton and all these big corporations that are, are you know profit off of war. This is what they wanted. They wanted the conflict. They wanted to sell weapons. And and ultimately they're playing with every man, woman and child's life on Earth. Because ultimately, this could escalate to nuclear war. And no one walks away from that. No one wins a nuclear war. And I'm just pissed. I'm just pissed at everybody involved, all the leadership that could have could have prevented this most likely. And they didn't. And now they and now they want to turn and propagandize us into getting involved. It's fucking lunacy. I know everybody puts a Ukrainian flag and they're all, you know, on one side of the aisle. It's like, oh, I love this war. Listen, war is bad. We, we as human beings need to figure out a way to, to have some sort of conflict intervention that doesn't um, cause us to kill one another. But sadly, these uh, even the people on the right, the neocons, the people that want constant war, you know, they're right. always going to pump it up. And then these people on the left, I don't know. I guess they get them because they're just like, we want protection. We want they want global fascism. So I guess they're pro-war indirectly so it's like both sides are screwing us from every hole exactly well I, my belief is that the left it, the majority of the left there are still some good people on the left obviously individuals but the majority on the left are just purely blue-pilled propaganda followers like you could watch them evolve from just stay home to wear a mask to get the jab to uh to you know black lives matter to uh trans lives matter to ukrainian lives matter like these people just take marching orders. They, I don't feel as if they're actually thinking about their actions in a serious way. They're just being told, this is what it takes to be a good person. You have to wear the, the blue and yellow of the Ukrainian flag. And, and that makes you a good person. And I'm like, you are playing a, right into the hands of people that want war between Russia and, and the United States government. If, if you think that's something that you want to support even tacitly, if you want to play along and stumble into the nuclear Holocaust, you're making a huge fucking mistake. Okay, but Clint, I got to tell you this. This is a conspiracy castle, and people always, you know, argue with me on this one. You know, I'm a conspiracy nut. So what about the idea that the nuclear weapon, obviously we have bombs. We have the father of all bombs. I say mother of all bombs. But they say that we don't actually have the ability. I don't know if they taught you this in school, but listen, in school they told me, I remember in eighth grade, ninth grade, I think multiple grades, they said we got enough nuclear weapons to blow uh, the earth up multiple times over and kill every human being on it. So what I'm saying is, doesn't that kind of seem like, bullshit in a way i'm not saying we don't have big bombs but i mean you, you really think these guys can press buttons and bombs are going to go off everywhere and the whole world is going to blow up i mean that sounds fake I, I mean i i hope that's not the case uh i i have certainly heard the theory that the nuclear bombs are are overstated or they're totally made up i have no idea man i i think that there's a few nuclear hundred thousand people. real nuclear energy is real so I, it makes you sound crazy but i guess it's the idea that that the nuclear, the way they describe the nuclear bombs is not as bad because people look at the footage and stuff they gave us in the 60s and that footage is not, it kind of looks fake. But regardless, <laughs> if you look at it, it looks like a model set being blown away. The, the, some of the I, I don't know, man. The the, uh, the mushroom cloud over Hiroshima and Nagasaki looked pretty real to me. So That's what I'm saying. I yeah, I know. But I'm, I'm not saying that these bombs don't exist. But, do you know, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the next day, they were flowers were being delivered. Uh, you know, things were open. Yes, dude. Look, the trains are running the next day in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. No shit. All right. Well, Clint, I'll, I'll have you got to look, look into, into that. that. Look into the Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And this is another thing. They say the nuclear fallout that, you know, all the fish and stuff, they've been eating that fish for forever. And they talk about the cancer levels. They don't have a higher amount of cancer. So they say. Well, yeah, I've heard I've heard that, too, because, uh, you know, there there is something weird about the fact that they say, you know, the half life of radiation because you had uh, what's it called? The. uh the plant in Russia that had the meltdown. Chernobyl. They went there and, and people slept there and were fine. Yeah. So these are, 
<clears throat> but the half-life was supposed to be like, Oh, a thousand years. You can have no, no crops, no, no wildlife. And then it's like, you, you see video footage and it's like, it's overran by greenery. You know, there's like all these Lush. trees and shit. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know what's happening here. So and, and I, that's, hope, I hope I'm being propagandized. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, we have obviously military weapons that will blow our mind. That could kill you a million ways from Monday or whatever. But oh, sure. like, I guess it's just the idea that like we probably they tell you that they can blow up the world. They can blow up probably a lot of it. They probably can't blow us all up. Because like, I, I guess in my mind, does Russia have the capability to I mean, they're right next to Alaska. So I guess they could nuke Alaska. But other than Alaska, who else could they nuke? Well, as of 2018, I mean, this is all their version of events so i have no idea if it's true but basically because we ignored putin's constant warnings about ukraine he went out and he upgraded his nuclear arsenal and he has uh icbms that actually go into outer space can circle the earth as many times as necessary and drop whenever they want i mean if if all of this is true they also have hypersonic so it's like basically it's so fast that any of our uh air defense stuff can't stop it that's this is all alleged i don't know if any of it's true they also have uh underwater submarine stuff that's allegedly under uh undetectable so i don't know man i i i basically i'm just saying i don't want to risk it you know i don't want to risk that this stuff is a real deal i mean what is the point too is like if he blows if putin would you know bomb us and we get in this nuclear holocaust it's like why over what we don't even have a clear agenda it's like the iraq war how are we so stupid and we let people uh, convince us to kill one another with no reason? Like, I get it. If you, if you if you had sex, you know, or molested my sister or my daughter or something, I get why you'd want to kill somebody. But yeah. Just because I have differences with some border or agreement with NATO or, you know, what I mean, it's like, I'm going to kill you, bro. No, that's <laughs> not. A, I mean, that's insane. <laughs> that's that's my favorite uh, way of describing being anti-war. I want to kill you, bro. No. <laughs> I mean, dude, but this is the thing. It's like when you go into the military, look at all the PTSD from the Iraq war. There's oh, nothing. I'm saying, Clint, tell me one good quality of going to battle in a war. Like, what do you, I mean, how, how do you, who benefits from it? I, th- I think there's, there are very limited examples and they are almost always revolutions. They are overthrowing a government that is suppressing the people so egregiously that the people rise up. I mean, those are the only, like historically, those are the only wars that we really look back on with any sort of positivity, the American revolution being the the number one example. But um, obviously a lot of people think that Hitler had to be stopped and America had to be involved to do that. And we can have arguments as to whether or not that's America true. waited a long time to get involved in world war two. And then they sure did. And I think that they also knew, knew what would drag us in and they allowed it to happen. But uh, you know, I, I don't know if that's true for sure. Anyways, I, I agree with you, man. I, I don't think that, especially when it comes to intervention, especially when you have a government that's as corrupt as ours, that is owned by uh, the warfare, you know, companies, it's like, why? Why would we listen to these people? Why would we allow these politicians that are bought and paid for by these these war making machines to tell us and propagandize us into doing their bidding? It just makes no sense. The odds of the odds of them actually telling us the truth, given their their financial and power incentives is slim to none. So I lean towards none. And Clint, you know, Rand and Ron Paul, two guys. I mean, you know, I mean, the, the Paul family, they've been telling us, warning us about this forever. Why, why doesn't anybody else, like, why isn't any other, that, I, I guess I would say Ron Paul is probably the only politician I know that's ever really kind of talked about this, you know, that's a, actually powerful, you know. Why can't he get anybody else on board? Well, because there's no money in it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think that's, that's really the, the truth is that the, the people in power only remain in power if they do the bidding of the wealthy that run the world. So ultimately... It's not it's not a really lucrative path to argue in favor of freedom. This is why I think it's hilarious when when people get accused of of shilling as as being a libertarian. It's like there's no fucking money in this, man. Like this is all this is all principle and heart and love and truth. Like that's all this is a pursuit of. So this is why I'm a libertarian is because of people like Ron and Rand Paul uh, and Dave Smith and, and Tom Woods and others like these guys are the real deal. And they they get it on a level that. Any politician you hear talking about this stuff, they don't understand it the way we do. So uh, that's why that's why I am the way I am. And that's why I, I consider myself a libertarian. And I mean, all these politicians, even the people on the right are just so cringe. Ma- Madison Cawthorn was I, I don't even want to pull up the clip, but he said, seriously, and I always joke about this. The Toby Keith song, we'll put a boot in your ass. We're the USA. And he went up there and said it dead 
serious. <laughs> like we didn't just lose the Iraq war. Like we didn't just lose a war in the Middle East for 20 years and get embarrassed. Yeah, I guess that too. Yeah, I'm saying every war in the Middle East we lost. And this guy's like, oh, we're the USA. We're so good at war. We suck at war. We're not good at war. We lost Vietnam. I mean, we can kill people. But at the end of it, it's not like anybody benefited. Just a bunch of people dead and we're mad at each other. It's like, we're not good at war. That, that's yeah. These people on the right love it. They're losers for thinking that. <laughs> well, we, we found out that Madison Cawthorn is crippled in more than one way. Yeah, his, I mean, his brain is also crippled. I can't believe he deadpan delivered that line. It's so fucking crazy. And and you're absolutely right. Like Whether or not the, the American war machine was completely undefeatable, it is no longer the case. We, we are not capable of, of even winning wars against people that don't have nuclear weapons that are just like, tribesmen in mountain mountains with AK 47s Toyota Tacomas in Toyota, yeah. Toyota forerunners and Toyota Land yeah. Cruisers. And Hiluxes. Yeah, I know it's, I mean, this is people are delusional. Like they think that they are, there's honest to God. There's many Republicans that think we can win a, a war against China and Russia simultaneously. They're out of their fucking minds. They have, they have us outpopulated and out weaponized by a lot. I mean, maybe not out weaponized, but certainly out, like what's it probably one point. Seven billion to in our three hundred. Yeah, I mean, China's one point one billion, and what is Russia at five hundred million? I, I mean, it's one point three, one point three billion in, in China, and then it's got to be probably half three hundred million in Russia. I don't know exactly, but regardless, it's like it, just in terms of like meat grinder warfare. If you don't even go the nuclear war route, we have no chance. I mean, it would be it would be complete lunacy to try and engage on this level. So the only option is diplomacy and conversation and working with these people, accepting the fact that we can no longer police the world with an iron fist as we have attempted to for the past 60 years. It's just not going to work. And it's going to result in ruin if we don't have a serious adult conversation about this and we stop pretending as if Oh, we can do this. We can tell people to do whatever the fuck we want and they will do it because we are the big bad boy on the block. Yeah, we could do that, but we could also end up in World War Three and no one walks away from that. So I'm just trying to get people to to wake up, like realize that you're being propagandized into this shit. And and ultimately, I think that we're playing right into the hands of China. China wants us to have a hot conflict with Russia. Of course they do. Yeah. Why would they not? It weakens us. They can move on Taiwan if we're engaged in Ukraine. There's no way we can have a two front war against two nuclear powers. It's fucking lunacy. So people need to stop. They just need to stop, take a breath, think about what they're doing. And nobody really wants a war. Like all these people in Russia are protesting. And then you look at the fight, like we say, America's so tough yet. I don't know what we get out of Ukraine and Russia, which real, but it looks like the Ukraines are kind of holding their own and killing some Russians too. So it's like, you know, of course, what this does is just makes the, it's, it's mental warfare. More importantly, like it's really yes. just to, to scare us all. They can just use a, a few clips of like Ukrainian, like, is it that bad? And then people on the left, are like, all oh, these Russians are dying. Ukrainians are winning. And then people on the right, yeah. are like, no, that's not the case. So really, it's kind of this mind warfare. We're, it's it's information like, war. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree, man. I, I, that's why I'm, I'm trying not to like tweet or talk too much about the actual day to day information coming out of there. Cause it's all bullshit. Like I can't, I can't get a feel for what's actually true. Um, I will say this, any people that are being invaded, I side with like, yeah. that's, that's how I am. So if, if the Ukrainian people are being invaded by the Russian nuclear backed army, I side with the Ukrainian people in their fight and I hope they prevail. But ultimately I have no interest in supporting them beyond my words. <laughs> like I'm just being honest. Like I don't want to be dragged into a fucking nuclear conflict over trying to help some country that ultimately I don't know anything about. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't can't even pick it out on a map, but listen, now I can, cause I, everybody's well, now I meme. can. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just cause that meme, I couldn't at first when the meme first came out, but uh, it's like, when you look at this, you know, the conflict that they're just trying to it's called trauma based mind control. I know you're familiar with it, but like it's just working so well on the people that I mean, I'm just really worried about the future. I was just at that trans rally. We were talking a little bit about that. And you were like kind of gassing me up. People have been gassing me up. They're like, oh, you know, that's so brave of you to go talk to these these, you know, the future kids or whatever. Yes, they were dumb enough. A kid could have stabbed me or something, but it's like a bunch of twink <laughs> college kids. You know, if it was the, if I was if I was protesting them, the men's football team, I might be a little more nervous. You know what I mean? If it was, you know, right. if it was the UNT North Texas football team was protesting something, I wasn't out there acting like a jackass. Yeah, maybe because one guy could, you know, do one punch and kill me. This group of people, they would need a gun. They need an army to kill me because they're all soy, you know, bitch ass pussies. I mean, I don't even know how to. I literally don't know a better word to describe them as. Pussies is the best way. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, many of them are, are working on getting one currently. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the only dangerous troll you could really run is if you were to like pretend to be some Antifa guy and go into some militia group and, and like talk about Antifa stuff. That would be, that would be dangerous. I wouldn't recommend that one to you, but otherwise, yeah, I, I just appreciate the fact that you're willing to, to get out there and do that. I'm not saying it's necessarily courageous. I'm just saying it's important. Yeah. Work. Like yeah, it's it, not it really is important. I'm it's dumb. important. To, I'm enough to, dumb. I'm enough dumb and, and, and tough enough to do it. I think that's a Johnny Knoxville line or whatever from Jackass. He's like, exactly. I'm just dumb enough. Perfect just combination. Enough. Yeah. You're getting the perfect combination to do this. And like, like I said, I don't even really, uh, uh, trans people, I'm not anti-trans people. People are like, oh, you hate trans people? I just don't think kids should be transitioning their sex before. We already said this, but it's like, this is, what, the reason why I brought that up though, this is just kind of like an indication or a red flag of what the future holds. So it's like, do you think that, and this is a conspiracy castle, do you think that it, we're going to have this transgender movement and that one day, you know, it's all going to be like, everybody's going to be 50% gay and trans. And like, do you think that, other than the global fascism, do you think like that, this is the conspiracy side, do you think that transgender feminization of men, because I believe it's working, is it just going to get worse in your opinion, Clint? Yeah, I honestly, this is uh, this is something I've read about. This was a very similar phenomenon in the, the end years of Rome, where uh, sexuality becomes much more fluid uh, in the in the end of an empire. And I think that's what we're witnessing. I think that you've you've had too many years of ease and comfort and lack of any serious outside threat to the nation. And and ultimately, the culture has degraded to a point that people are now they, they are seeking ways to feel as if they've been victimized, even when maybe they have not. Now, this is not to say that every single person who's trans is playing into this. I think that it's a genuine phenomenon. However, there, when you have 50% of high school kids or whatever the, the recent thing is where they say that they're non-binary, it's nonsense. I mean, it's just clearly nonsense. I, I was also in high school at some point, and I know for a fact that 50% of the people were not non-binary. Like there's clearly the majority of people are still heterosexual. They classify and behave as such, but it's now the, it's the it thing. It's a fad. And you have a lot of people that, that are doing it because it allows them to be part of the in-group, or at least it allows them to feel as if, even if they are excluded, there's now a, a reason and it's a good reason. It's the righteous reason that I am non-binary. And this is why I don't have any friends. It's like, okay, you know, Hey, whatever you have to do to survive, feel free. But Ultimately, it's not it's not likely to have a very uh, successful track record when you have an empire that's ending and you have half the people unsure of their very sexuality. <laughs> winning wars is very tough. Yeah, that's Just not even that's not even on the back burner. But I want to uh, you know, highlight something you said. It's the victimization. Everybody wants to play the victim card. Whatever happened to being tough and, and, and like having pride and not wanting to be a wounded animal? You know, I, God, I you're you're preaching to the choir here, man. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I mean, I, I you could go back to the participation trophies and the the whole kind of coddling of the American mind, as uh, I think it was Jonathan Haidt wrote. It, it's yeah, it, it's a it's a terrible trajectory that we've been on, and we've been on it for most of my life. I, I think I was like one of the last latchkey kids where I got to go home and I had to take care of myself and I went and played in the cul-de-sac until the lights I was uh, turned on. Kid. Yeah. I mean, yeah, mom, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Hell yeah. So I think that that's, there's a, even though a lot of people now, if you were to do that, you'd probably have CPS called on you and get arrested. Uh, but I think that it, it created me, which is a much more independent. Well, Clint, Clint, I don't want to cut you off. It's funny. You said the latchkey thing. Actually, now with the pandemic, they said all these kids, parents, you know, some parents still had to go to work and they weren't at school. So like it actually even created like this, not even latchkey kid, just kids with nothing to do at home all day. It's like work. Right. And at least we had to go play basketball after school or something like these kids are just at home all day. So it's like they don't have the maturation like you and I had. They're just no, stuck. it's it's terrible. And and they're you know, basically instead of having any physical activity, it's all electronic. It's all uh, internet based. And it's like, and I'm a product of that too. I mean, I obviously I'm, I'm addicted to Twitter totally, but, but it, it's, it's not, it's just not, it's not going to create a population of people that can defend themselves. If you have another population that is basically China, which is rising and teaching its kids about engineering and toughness and like, and respect for your have elders you seen that video and of them dribbling the basketball everywhere. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're basically <laughs> they're mass producing athletes at this point, And we're we're mass producing people who are 
convinced of their victimhood. So I don't think that that bodes well for us long term, just being honest. Yeah, but they don't know the secret. The secret of being a good athlete is being black. So uh, they don't know that. Uh, they got to figure that out. Once they figure out that. and now, You're now, absolutely right. And so, I, I don't I don't think they're ever going to overcome that one. So uh, thank God we have a lot of black people. And they try so hard in the Olympics. Like, did you watch any of this Olympics? Was that, I mean, I didn't want other than what I saw, like, you know, reshared on social media. I mean, whatever. Same, man. I mean, what? We can't even, we don't even like the Olympics. Society is so crappy. Beijing and China. Well, this is, this is why I get so mad is the Chinese fentanyl. I had a very good friend of mine die. Uh, that was a wild animal. He was like a party animal. I think I talked about it before. The same, I talked about my show, but I don't know if I told you a guy named Clark Gable. I worked at the TV show Cheaters. We catch people cheating on their husbands and wives. Yeah. So I worked yeah. on that show for a long time. And the host of it was a guy named Clark Gable. His grandfather was a guy, Clark Gable from the movie Gone to the Wind. His real name was No Andrew. kidding. Yeah. He took his grandfather's name when he got hired at Cheaters just to be more. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, he was like a nobody, not a nobody, but not known. And uh, he was his grandson. So he just started going by Clark Gable for the attention. Clint, this guy's a party animal. He could, I saw him snort lines. I saw him drink, you know, you know, he kind of kept in control. I would have thought it would take, yeah. What I'm saying is he had a high tolerance, right? Right. I get a store. I get a. I, I I get a call from the guy that owns the company. He's like, Clark's dead. I'm like, what are you talking about? There's no way. What are you talking about? I call his wife. She's like, yeah, you know, he just went to bed and literally woke up dead. And then they, you know, went through his phone. And they saw he bought some pain pills that had fentanyl in it. And so the reason why that's a big deal is China is sending all that fentanyl in these shipping containers. They might send a hundred shipping containers, and the the customs might find one of them. They might find two of them. But the rest are going to get through because they're sending so much because they can actually in China legally synthetically make fentanyl as long as they add one chemical molecule to it. So because they're they're so strict about however their their legislation is like you know they'll they'll say the molecule is what is illegal so they can subvert that by adding something to it and making a totally different compound. Yet it's the same chemical compound as fentanyl with just an extra molecule to it, and they're killing our children. Nobody talks about that, Clint. What is a libertarian uh, mindset? How do we help our kids not die from fentanyl coming overseas? Well, my personal opinion is that it, it starts at home. I mean, the the fact that that parents are allowing their kids, they're basically, well, okay, let me take it one step back further. It's a nuance. I believe, <laughs> yeah, I believe that the, the Federal Reserve and the debasement of our cur- currency ultimately has made it so that we now have to have dual income households where both parents are working, which makes it very hard to be an attentive parent. So I, I blame the Federal Reserve starting place, which then has both parents out in the workforce where the kids are basically on their own or they're being raised by the public school system, which is evil and corrupt and fucked up in its own right. And then you have these kids that are raised without feeling a connection from their parents, without having mentors that that are also put on psychotropic medication at a very young age, including Ritalin, et cetera. Uh, antidepressant, things like that. <clears throat> By the time they're adults, their brain chemistry is so out of whack that they they are now cert- seeking you know street drugs to try and find some baseline, <clears throat> and then they end up overdosing because they get a hot shot. And they they think that they're taking heroin or they think that they're taking pain pills, but they end up actually you know not waking up. So uh, this is I, I could be wrong, but I think this is what the story of the opium wars was with China, where they they uh, essentially they had they they funneled drugs into a country that they intended to invade and then uh it made it easier to do so and, and i feel like that it could be possible that that's what that's what china is doing to try and weaken us from from within um because they want I don't to, know, man. The reason why they want us, like I said, it goes back to the multinational corporations because they're a communist place. They own all their corporations. So that's why they want us to be weak is so they can, you know, get more global control through their businesses. I mean, so that's why it's like the poisoning of these kids. It doesn't matter if you're a rich CEO, if your son is hooked on fentanyl, he's going to die. Like Clark Gable came from a wealthy family. He could, he exactly. went to rehab a couple of times. It doesn't matter, you know, fentanyl. It doesn't matter your age, but it's like, I believe they want to make life so bad here. They want to make it hell on earth because they want to plug us into the metaverse, Clint. I'm serious. I, I really do believe that they want to get you so um, out of touch with the current world that we live in. So you can go either medicate yourself with drugs or medicate yourself in the metaverse where you can be 10 feet tall or, you know, be whatever you want. Yeah. Well, if your life is that miserable in reality, then seeking an alternate reality makes a lot of sense. I, this is, this has got to stop, man. This <laughs> is like the, the trajectory of this is so goddamn evil. And, and ultimately, like, I, I, I agree with you. I think that, like, there's a huge percentage of kids that are so miserable. If you told them, hey, we can just plug you into this machine and you can, you can finally feel as if you're the hero of your own story. Um, I just, I hope that 
uh, enough people feel as if like, that's not real. That's not real life. And there's no, there's no sense of actual fulfillment. And I, I know it plays on brain chemistry in a way that it makes you feel as if you're achieving and you're accomplishing all your dreams. I mean, that's why video games and social media are also addictive, but there's nothing real to it. So I don't know. I don't know what, uh, I, I don't have a real answer because I ultimately, I don't b- believe in prohibition. I don't think that arresting these people that are addicted to these drugs and putting them behind bars for the rest of their life creates a better society either. And we're doing that simultaneously. So like, it's not solving the problem either. So I just think that we, we have to go back to kind of fundamental principles of sound money and, and uh, tight network communities where we actually look after each other. We raise our children in an attentive fashion and uh, that's that's going to take a long time for people to kind of have that realization. But I hope with the lockdowns and the pandemic and all the, the crisis that we're going through right now, that people will start to to revert back to that mentality. Yeah, maybe. But OK, well, you, you said something. <laughs> you uh, seem doubtful. I mean, <laughs> what do you think, though, about I guess this isn't necessarily libertarian, but what do you think about the decriminalization of drugs and prostitution and maybe creating some sort of red light district, uh, you know, because it's not we're going to use drugs anyway. So I guess I'm yeah. saying, what is like kind of the libertarian's mindset on, uh, I guess there'd be no drug laws in, in a libertarian world. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And that, that would include abolishing the selling FD. drugs. There'd be no, even you sell drugs. You can just, no, 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 I love it. no regulations whatsoever, yeah. man. Uh, ultimately it's, it's, we believe in personal responsibility. If you injure someone else while you're on drugs, then you have to pay a price. You have to go to jail for that. You know, that's, that's still, Physical that's harm, that, that's basically yeah. what it comes down to. And that's really how we should be. I mean, it, we don't need like laws to not to know not to hurt one another. Exactly. Well, and and if we hurt someone, then we've broken the law and we have to we have to pay a price there. Um, so other than that, though, I think that it comes down to community. It comes down to churches the way we used to drink, deal with drug addiction. Now we're we're at this point where. We don't have this community framework to really help people. We've relied on the government to solve all of it. And guess what? They failed fucking miserably. Another and war drug on use... drugs, they lost. Another war <clears throat> yeah. the U.S. has lost. We're, we're 50 years deep into the war on drugs, man. 50 years. If I mean, if there's the any war won. that we need to end, it's the war on drugs. It is insane. We have... We have the high, like I think it's either the highest or second highest per capita in prison rate imprisonment Private rate. And prison, we're the, yeah, we have the most. We're the land of the free. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. We have we have uh, it's like nearly four hundred thousand people in our just our private prison industry, and a lot of them are nonviolent drug offenders. That's the biggest exactly. thing that fills it up. So listen, I'm not saying methamphetamine is good, but if you get strung out on meth, you need to go to rehab. You need to go, you know, get some help. You don't need to go uh, to jail and just learn because jail is just like drug school. You're just going to learn it's criminal school. Well, that and then also you're basically uh, it's it becomes impossible to to get a job. So you end up becoming a drug dealer and it's just the the cycle continues on because of it. So, no, I, I, I completely oppose all drug prohibition. If there's one thing that I, I am certain of, drug prohibition does not work. We, we learned that in the 1920s and 30s with uh, with alcohol and we continue to make the same mistake and we continue to make it egregiously. I think that ending the war on drugs and ending prohibition broadly is a human rights issue. And it's very urgent that we do it because they're not fixing it. It's just getting worse. So I think that the, the the debate is over. The libertarians won this one. Like the war on drugs is a failure and you're not going to pro- prohibit people from putting whatever they want in their bodies. They're going to do it even if you threaten them with jail time. Okay, we talk about the war on drugs and how bad things are, but Clint, I'm really jealous. Look at that background. Look at that. <laughs> I mean, wow, we can complain about the world, but that's nice seeing the boats go across. You live in the life, Clint. You got this you is, got it this going is, on. This is what prohibition does. It allows me to sell cocaine and then I get to live <laughs> here. So I mean, this is it's a beautiful thing. Uh, this is why I actually I don't want the war on drugs to end because I have to ship to Cuba or you know, I have to run <laughs> ships from Cuba back and forth. So no, I'm you know, definitely but, jealous. I got this stupid green screen. I'm like, wow, Clint's got the nice studio because you, you don't need a fake background. It, it looks during the day. It looks all, I mean, at night it looks cool, too. But like during the day, you can really see all the boats going by. It's I love awesome. it, man. I love yeah. it. The, the only downside is that I'm terribly backlit, so you can't really see me. I have these floodlights in front of me, but they don't do shit because it's so back backlit. But yeah, I, I love living here, man. It's a beautiful place. OK, and tell me, how has your life changed since you became a content creator? How has it changed for the better? I'm sure it has. Um, well, it's certainly more fulfilling. I just, I feel as if I'm, I'm on the path I'm meant to be on. I'm, I'm speaking my mind from my heart all day, every day. I get to actually pursue my passion in a way that I never did when I was an entrepreneur, when I was a mortgage broker, like 
I still enjoyed what I did back then, but this is, this is really true to, to my spirit, like who I am. So I'm very grateful for the opportunities to, to be able to do that. Uh, I'm very grateful for the, the friends I've made by doing this, the following I've had, the supporters I've, I've discovered. It's, it's incredible. I, I just feel blessed every day I wake up and, and no matter how packed my schedule is, no matter how stressed I am, I'm just thrilled to be doing what I'm doing. And I think that, that, that it shows, it shows. And when I talk about this stuff, like I'm, this is, this is Your what I'm meant to be doing. Yeah. yeah. And guys, I wanted to, I want to encourage everybody out there like, Oh, should I create channels? Do it guys, do it. You have yep. no idea what's going to happen. I'm just saying it only takes one little video to go viral or something. I mean, you gain 10,000 subs. I'm just saying you just don't know unless you try. So if you're out there, at least for me, I waited a while. I'm sure you kind of waited a while. Like I was like, Oh, maybe I should oh, do yeah. a podcast. And maybe I should do a podcast. I kind of thought about it. I wish I would have done it 10 years sooner. So I'm telling you, your life, there's other things in your life that give you joy, but like having a hobby, having like this, it it totally changed my life. It gives me like, uh, like you said, it gives me a purpose. It gives me a passion. Even when I'm stressed about this, I'd so much rather be stressed about this than when I'm in a car, I'm a used car dealer and I'm going to buy a car from somebody and it breaks down because it's got a bad transmission and I'm on the side of the road and it's 110 degrees in Texas and I'm calling AAA. I mean, dude, I, so that's real stress. I'm stressed because I'm 10 minutes late to an interview because I have my cat sick. That's not real. You know, that's not a big deal. I I can do that all day. Absolutely, man. And and it's, it's just such a, it's, it's so much more fulfilling to live this way where you're actually waking up and you're passionate about what you're doing. Like if you're doing a nine to five that you're not passionate about and you have other interests that you think that might be marketable, that you might find a niche of interest in. Like I didn't think that I would be able to basically end a multi-million dollar mortgage company and within two years be living off of the income I make from talking about politics. Like who would have thought, you know, and I only started my YouTube a year ago, you know, like this is, this is lunacy that it, that it's happened this rapidly. So I, I encourage people too. like, as long as you, you have a passion, if you don't have a passion, you got to find that. But if you have that passion, yeah, absolutely. Go for it. And guys, if you're passionate, somebody usually bigger will help you get a signal boost. It's like Clint. Other guys yeah. help Clint. And that's how I know Clint. I'm saying, and Clint will help other guys. He's helped the guys exactly. smaller than him. That's how it works. That's that's just, you know, so I we don't have to kid get here and kiss each other's ass about being content creators. People don't like that. I just wanna I just wanna say for the people that are watching at home, if you're like, should I do a podcast? It's gonna be cringe, it's gonna suck. Yeah, you're gonna suck at first at it. Probably it's gonna edit weird. But guys, you get better at it. And if you're passionate, then you'll have fun doing it. That's what we got to find out. Exactly. Instead of being a debt slave and being under credit card debt and being under, you know, college loan debt and just a slave for your nine to five. This is what a guy was, a guy posted, tweeted a, a brilliant thing. He said, gosh, I'm going to mess up the tweet, but he's like, is your life really just 26 paychecks a year? Is that your whole life? Is that you do every single thing all year, 365 days or 364 or whatever. You do all that for 26 checks. Seems not that good of a trade-off, really. No, and and you only live once, man. I like at least at least that's my belief. So uh, if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna dedicate yourself to something, if you're gonna spend the majority of your waking hours doing something that you don't enjoy, fucking stop that. Stop doing that. Like that that is a terrible way to live. I, ultimately, I know you have to do what you have to do to provide for a family. Mm-hmm. But if you're a young single man. And you're not pursuing your passion. You are fucking making a huge mistake. Like you only have your, your young years. Uh, they, they go fast. I'm in my late thirties now and it's, and it's, you know, vanished in front of my eyes. So, uh, pursue your passion. Dude, well, with I'm in my late thirties too. I mean, I've just turned 35. I'm saying we're in our late thirties. It goes by <laughs> so fast. Dude, people don't realize. Crazy. I feel like I was in high school like a year ago and I'm fucking almost 40. It's nuts. Well, this is the the psychological operation of why they say it goes faster. I forget who said it on my show. It's because when you're 10 years old, you have, let's just say you live to 100, even though we don't, but you know, you have 90 years left. So it, it kind of feels longer. But when you're 30 years old, you only have, you know, you have less time left. So yeah. the time feels, you know, it goes by faster because you have less time left. Yeah. Well, and, and just perception alone, if you've only been a, alive for two years or three years, then uh, a year feels like a third of your life because it is. Uh, whereas now a year feels like a blink. Um, dude, so- I can still remember high school summer felt forever, right, Clint? <laughs> yeah, dude, three months was like like a lifetime, man, yeah. <laughs> and now three months, I'm like, dude, what? I was just, A month goes by and so fast. I'm like, what? It's March, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's literally the third. I mean, in February, it doesn't help because February is only 28 days. Okay, hey, hey, and I know you can't speak for other libertarians, but this is, this is the thing. I'm Stein, so they always think I'm a Jew, even though I'm not a Jew. And and this is the thing, you know, the conspiracy had, they always want to say the Jewish Illuminati. 
I know Israel, I believe 9-11 was conspired by America and Israel in order to start a never-ending war in the Middle East and destabilize every single country that would be a potential threat to them. You say ding, that. Ding, ding. I know, but I'm saying you say that you're anti-Semitic, though, uh, which I'm not. Uh, I, I don't want to be. But like it, this, it also makes you anti-American to say that. So whatever. Yeah. Well, this is my question, though, is like when I do look at Israel and then I look at like the Catholic Church and I look at, you know, the conspiracy, like the World Economic Forum, you know, Davos, whatever, you know, the, the um, all these groups, which one, in your opinion, is probably the one that's causing the global fascism in your in your mind? You don't think it's just Israel, do you? No, I don't yeah. actually. I think I think it's uh, super national. Like it, it is not. I think that the the overall organization that is actually implementing global fascism, fascism, so communal fascism, communist fascism, uh, is largely the the big businesses that that are doing business all over the world. And I think that those people, along with the thought leaders at Davos, World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, Bill Gates, all of these people actually get together. I mean, they, it's not even a secret. They get together and they talk about their plans for reimagining the world and, and reshaping the future in their image and a green model and all this bullshit that they tell you. Um, I think that's what it is. I think the, those are the groups that you need to be keeping your eye on. But see, you know where they lose me is like they, they like they want to make you. I don't know how to, how to say it. They want to tell you like, oh, you know, your life is so important. You're an individual. Don't have an abortion, this and that, like be yourself. But at the same time, like wear your mask, fall in line. Like it's, it's weird. It's just like they want you to be an individual, but then they don't want you to be an individual. So it's hard not to be confused as a society, uh, the people that are in I, power. I think that's intentional. Honestly, <clears throat> I think that they're trying to, to basically um, unroot people, you know, make, make it so that they're, they're both rudderless, but also any of the, the natural fulfillment uh, things that they need in their life, like little check boxes that make you feel like you're doing something. They want it to be as empty as possible. So like if you change your photo on social media to represent some color, whatever the latest fad is, that's supposed to be the thing you're outraged about, then you get to feel as if you're, you know, contributing when you're doing nothing. So it's a, it's a perfect mechanism for control. It allows people to actually do nothing while feeling as if they're better than everybody else who's actually trying to fight back. It's fucking crazy, but it's brilliant how it's worked out. Oh, it is brilliant. I mean, that's what the government is. It's a control mechanism. So that's why I'm I'm anti-government because they're trying to control us. Like I like I mean, really and truly, we know the government tells us there's classified levels of information that you and I are never going to be privy to. So they don't care about us. And it's called cognitive dissonance when you know the government doesn't have your best interest, but you still think it does. And they pee on us and tell us it's raining. And these people are like, I heard my blue Ukraine, blue and gold Ukraine flag. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's sad. Well, this, this is why I'm a libertarian, man. Cause I, I think that going between the duopoly is just a waste of time. Like as much as I think that Trump was better than Biden, it really, a bomb what, too. yeah. What, what really changed? I mean, did we, did we end any of the wars? No, we didn't. Did we start some new wars as soon as, he got out of power. Of course we did. Um, and, and it looks like we could be on the cusp of a really big one. So I, like, I just, I, until you actually realize that the system is structured in a way that you're, you're not going to be offered anybody that can really fundamentally change it. And I'm not even certain that the system is, is reformable. Like I, I'm not really certain that if, even if Dave Smith, my, my became icon, president, but yeah, I don't I don't think that the president is actually capable of changing these things. I really don't believe so. So I don't know. I hope I'm wrong. You know, <laughs> I hope that Dave wins and he can actually do something. But it just seems unlikely to me. It seems as if the deep state, the people that are unelected bureaucrats, they're the people that that transition from one one uh, presidency to the next. And they, they, they you know, they Anthony Fauci is the world. Yeah, he's he's in there for fucking 40 years and, and he's presided over some terrible responses to pandemic type issues versus first HIV and then COVID. I mean, and he doesn't he doesn't catch any flack. I mean, all and he's responsible for God knows how many deaths. It's just insane. So I think that voting your way out of this is extremely unlikely. You've got to come together with people and work towards, uh, you know, finding your community in your in whatever state you can find some local defense. And that's what I've done by moving to Florida. So, well, voting, you're going to vote libertarian. What do you think about the conspiracy people that say voting is uh, basically kind of, you know, approving the, the nastiness that they give us? You know, you're, you're consenting. 
Yeah, I mean, I I respect their opinion. I I do think they're wrong, though. I, I think mean, they're wrong I'm, too. I'm saying I think yeah. I think we should vote. But go ahead, sorry. Yeah, it, I I I've never voted for anyone that's won. So have I consented to the people that rule over me? No. <laughs> so that that's my that's a, a quick answer to it. So like if I if everything I vote for never gets passed. How can I possibly be held responsible for saying, oh, you you voted. So you agreed with all the things that you voted against. Like, no, that's fucking stupid. So yeah. that's my position. It's dumb. And I really do think, like you said, we can't really vote our way out of it, but we should get involved because we have guys like Dave Smith. Like it'll just open doors where other people can get lower level politicians and maybe actually do some exactly. some change, you know. So so like I do actually it, I, I, I tell people to get involved, but these it's like. People just don't want to get up and do it. Oh, I want somebody else to figure it out for me. I don't want to do I, nothing. I know. And and I get it. You know, if you're if you a family man and you got to work a, a 50 hour week and you want to spend time with your kids and take them to practice at night, like I understand it. So the people like like me that are not in that position, like I feel like it's incumbent upon me to actually fill that void and do do what needs to be done in terms of action and speaking out and and trying to get reforms at local level. I think that the the only chance we have is local level reforms on the federal level. It's it's slim to none. Uh, so that's that's kind of my focus is just trying to reinforce my defenses from a, a state level. Well, the local level stuff is is, is important because now I've spoken in front of I've spoken in front of like the you know the general assembly of all these other places. And I, but listen, I've spoken. So I don't many, think anyone has spoken to more city councils. No, than you I'm going to break the record. I'm going to have the Guinness Book of World Records when I'm done. But this is what I'm saying is is um in these meetings as I've speak at like the little city councils, then I'll go speak at the, the Connecticut General Assembly or the Seattle's General Assembly, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's the mayor from the city council meeting, and they're going into those meetings to be like, oh, we're passing House Bill 767. That's going to be a one billion dollar road improvement so these people in the little cities like oh i need a hundred million dollars for that road improvement you know to come to our city which is actually a big deal so what i want to i guess what i'm trying to say is you don't realize these little mayors or these little people uh these local levels actually do have power because they're they're you know, yeah, interacting they with that with the higher with, with the federal type people with the federal no they, they have a ton of power and i think that that's the, the the secret is is that in many places it's not really that hard to get elected into these positions so if you are liberty minded and you want to be an activist that can actually help protect your people, your family, your community. Like that's where you ought to be focusing your energy for sure. And this isn't a trick question, but where's the most free place on earth? I don't know. Or in your in the libertarian mindset, would you say? I think New Hampshire is probably up there just because it has the highest per capita um, libertarian population. Cause we have the free state project up there where tens of thousands of libertarians have moved there specifically for that purpose. Um, Obviously, they're still under the yoke of the federal government and all the tyranny that comes with the CIA, FBI, NHS, you know, everything. Uh, so I don't know. You know, I don't know if that's the freest place. That's the freest I know of. Uh, but their their governor's not that great. So it's like <sighs> I know it's, it's never it's never a perfect situation. But you said yeah. you said a good thing earlier and then you mentioned the CIA. Yeah, I believe and I'm butchering this quote, but it's like there's some CIA quote is like, we don't like the president. We, you know, the president's only in for four years. We're in here forever. So that's why it's like they don't even you said, even if Dave Smith gets in, becomes president, they could just give him the Trump treatment and try to, you know, uh, you know, freaking kick him out of the office all the time or make fake uh, Stormy Daniels. No, that was real. I probably did bang Stormy Daniels. But you know what I mean? They find out where Dave in sixth grade, you know, said the N word or something and then try to cancel him the whole uh, the whole time. Uh, that- I think that's exactly what they would do. And, and, and that's the best case scenario. The worst case scenario looks more like JFK. So, and I love the guy. So I don't want that to happen to him. I mean, obviously, I think it's, it's a very, very low percentage chance that, that he gets that kind of support to actually win. But I think that he could shake up the world for sure. And I think that the, the duopoly, the GOP and the DNC need to realize that, like, if you continue to behave in a way where you vote, and you funnel money and you do it all at the behest of people that aren't us, the people. Well, you're not going to have power anymore. That, that has to be the message that they receive, because as long as they think that they can just give you lip service and still deliver to their donors and not to the American people, they're going to keep doing it. So that's that's my goal over the next two years is to to make these people afraid, <laughs> afraid of losing their power. And and I think you're doing a good job. I mean, obviously we could do better. You know what I'm saying? We need more liberty. But I'm saying yes, I want to I, I thank you. I want to thank all the guys. You know, the the whole Tower Gang pod, everybody, Dave. You know, I'm just saying I respect you guys for you know uh, not 
it, being a libertarian, you can say, oh, well, you know, we may never win this and that, but you guys are actually, uh, you're strong in your convictions. That's what I'm saying. You guys are badass. That's why I respect you because you're not going to go, oh, I want to be on the winning team. I'm going to change my opinion because of that. So you guys have right. integrity. That's why I respect you so much. Um, and I think that that that's what there's a void of in this country is is integrity. And and I think people sense it. So when they see it, they gravitate towards it. And I think that that's really the, the key here. That's this is why Ron Paul was so special, is that he told the truth even when it was unpopular and he would get booed. He would get booed and then he would he would explain himself stage. and and he would convert it into cheers. That's the type of honesty and courage that you need in times of crisis. And we have never had a time of crisis in my lifetime like this. So uh, anybody that feels me on this, like if you have the courage, find it in yourself and and speak out, tell the truth, be honest. You'll find that, that people appreciate it in a way that you, you may not expect because the cancel mob will give up, but the, the support that you get from people that appreciate what you're doing is, is uh, limitless. It really is. And guys, I want you guys to actually go and support you guys. Everybody go in the description and go right now to Clint's YouTube. We're wait five minutes. We're almost done. We got a few more minutes left. But as soon as this show's done, I want you guys to all go and subscribe uh, uh, and, and support Clint because it is that integrity is magnetic. Because very few people have it in this day and age, and that's what we're lacking. It's like we have no moral character and no integrity. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of integrity, I'm having on Scott Horton, who's probably the greatest anti-war historian that I've I've ever met. Uh, he's also a, a devout libertarian, and he will be on tonight with Laura Logan, who was a war reporter for CBS for like a decade, a now show. now works for Fox News. And I'm going to have both of them on live streaming at 530 Eastern. So anybody that wants to check that out, I would highly recommend it. If you want to know the truth about how we got in this situation and how it, it potentially plays out, I, th- I, I don't even know. So I, I'm going to I'm looking forward to this episode as much as anything. Scott Horton's great. Okay, tell me this though. I, I saw you cringe. I think when I said Rand. What's Rand versus Ron? I mean, is Rand the dumb kid or is is Rand? No, no. Okay, okay. No, I like Rand, Rand too. I like Rand too. But, yeah, no, uh, Rand is good, man. He and his his takedowns of Fauci have been the, the stuff of legends. He's been the yeah. best. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so you best. really like Rand too? I don't know. I just feel like maybe you like Ron more than Rand. Is oh, I do. I, I love. I mean, Ron's Ron's the OG man. Like he's yeah. he's the reason I am who, who I am and how I am. So I I have to, I have to give him first appreciation, but Rand over the past year has been phenomenal in the anti lockdown stuff. So I really appreciate him. He, the reason that a lot of libertarians don't and love, we love lockdowns. Wrong, real quick, I have to cut you off. We love lockdowns. Lock us down. That's the best. Lockdowns are the most safe and effective form to do of anything. Please lock us down. I hope they relock us down. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Rand blew his his chance in the primaries against Trump in 2016, and and he, he did it by being a milk toast version of his father. And this is why a lot of libertarians don't appreciate him. So that's that's why, because he kind of he kind of was a little milk toast. I see. Because dude, no. Ron wasn't he close to winning governor of California? Wasn't it pretty close, or is it not that? Uh, close? No, no. Ron Ron ran for uh, president. And and he but didn't and he run he for actually, governor too, or was it was it just president? Oh, I guess he only ran for president. I don't know. No, uh, he was he was a congressman out of Texas. That's for, what it was. He was a congressman. Okay, so he, yeah, he was a congressman forever. Then he ran for president. Yeah, sorry, you got yep. and you and he won and he actually won the straw polls in I think it was New Hampshire uh, back in like '08 or or maybe it was '12. I can't remember. But regardless, he he was like really close to shaking the system up. So. This is what sucks, though, is we have guys, even like... And they went with Mitt Romney instead. The worst. <laughs> Mitt Romney is the worst rhino guy, a globalist there is. But yep. it's like, I, I'm saying, it makes me lose hope a little bit. When you got guys that are actually sharp, like Rand and Ron, they can see the, you know, the scam. They can see how the government is really abusing us, taking away our rights under the guise of safety, to where in yep. the end we're going to have no safety or no rights. And these are the people that are, you know, screaming about it, especially when they're talking about the, the Iraq war, the, the war in the Middle East. These are the guys that are the most against it. And now, 20 years later, instead of us being like, y'all were right the whole time. Nobody even cares. Nobody even, yep. you know. Yeah, people people have a very short term memory. I mean, unfortunately, not there's not a lot of critical thinkers out there. There's not a lot of people that are willing to to look at people's actual track records. I mean, everyone in the fucking news media has been wrong consistently my entire life, and they don't get fired. I mean, they they lied us into the Iraq and Afghanistan wars. We went and fought people that weren't even involved in nine eleven, and yet there's still respected pundits that are considered like. 
Well, I had to yell, dude. It, it, they, t- they cover the war, but they don't ever cover the Baki boys. There's one article about it. And our military saw whenever there's child sex abuse by our allies in the Middle East, mm. we overlooked it, guys. We let yep. them. So there's no war agenda and item that is more important than not abusing children. Yet they, they let that happen for an unclear agenda to fight the war on terror. There's nothing more terror right. than, than doing this to a child. I, I agree. And then you also have the Clinton Foundation and the UN and what they did with the kids in Haiti. I mean, they this, built three houses with like $300 million. I mean, it's yep. just all a scam. And then you had child sex trafficking. You had UN officials that were actually involved. Caught. It's like, who got caught at the insane. border? I forget Hillary Clinton helped her, her friend out. I know her name, but I can't think of it. But she got caught with 23 kids saying that they're making an orphanage, that they were, that's why they're. Yeah. I'm like, if anybody involved with the Clintons that's uh, also <laughs> running an, an orphanage, orphanage I, would, yeah. I would investigate immediately. One hundred percent. All right, guys, listen, Clint, dude, thank you for coming on the show. Before we wrap up, I want you guys to, to close this out. But I want to say this. I know uh, we talked about it, but in the link, you're going to be live on YouTube with Scott Horton here in about two hours. Is that correct? And Laura Logan. Yep. And Laura Logan, guys. So I want you guys go hit go hit the bell and the subscription and the, the ding and leave a comment. All the stupid YouTube stuff they say, go do it and support a good guy like Clint. I'm not just trying to kiss his ass. I actually like Clint. Clint's a good guy. There's not a lot of people that are willing to speak their mind and actually, you know, walk the walk and talk the talk. Appreciate it. And and I don't want to get too personal, but Clint is also a coxman. I know a lot of ladies he's been with. So I'm saying if you're single, you know, hit him up too. Clint's a great guy. I don't want to put him too much on blast, but he's got an apartment like that. I mean, he's got a place like that. He's living large and in charge. I want to come over there and uh, and hang out with you, Clint. <laughs> we'll do it, man. That's that's a hell of a pitch. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, at Liberty Lock Pod on Twitter and Liberty Lockdown on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere else. So if anybody wants to check out that interview tonight, it is going to be a barn burner. Do not miss it. Guys, thank you for uh, for watching. And uh, Clint, what do you want to leave them with before we go? Uh, just, just encourage people to speak out, man. If you see the trajectory of things and you feel anything that Alex and I have talked about today in your bones and you go, yeah, you're right. This is fucked up. Have some courage. Speak out. Get involved. Do something. Stop being passive. Stop witnessing the downfall of your civilization. Fucking do something about it. Thank you. And guys, Clint, he's not trying to win a popularity contest. Guys in the Libertarian Party are not about the popularity contest. So, guys, you don't need to I'm be I'm very either. unpopular. Exactly. I'm saying you don't need to. It's not about the popularity contest. So have a little integrity and, and actually go with your gut. And these people don't want to – they don't want to go with their gut. They want to let other people make decisions for them. So, Clint, I applaud you for, uh, like I said – Walking the walk and talking the talk, creating content that goes against the mainstream media and the mainstream agenda. So thank you.